is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Because and someone who hasn't faced any consequences is Rudy Giuliani until now, because suddenly the world seems to be getting a little bit smaller for Rudy Giuliani as he's you know been the subject of the search warrant. They've seized his electronic equipment. Where again, I'm sure he's done absolutely nothing to keep this stuff secret. He's probably overtly obvious about every single bit of crime that he's been doing. And what's interesting today is that we've learned that a lot of this comes, you know, Daniel Goldman from the impeachment trial said that the reason that there's this investigation is the financial side of the impeachment trial. So I'm going to run through a little bit of information about that. We know that that, that trial involved the bag man and his two bag men, Parnas and Furman, were these two guys that showed up in the news a lot during the impeachment trial for all their shenanigans. And I'll explain some of them in a second. Now, it's important as well to notice that they're connected to some pretty big deal bosses all the way in Russia and Ukraine, people like uh, Dmitry Firtash, people like uh, Semyon Mogilevich, and also Alexander Angert. These are pretty big name you know, mob bosses, and I'm sure LB will have things to say about them. And Vladimir Putin, of course. There's all these... All these characters fit into the world of Rudy Giuliani's misadventures in, in Ukraine and Russia. We found out about the impeachment uh, trial when we found out that Yo Ambassador Yovanovitch, Yovanovitch, thank you, thank you very much, was axed because of a campaign by Giuliani, right? That campaign actually started a year before we are we publicly know about I think that it just happened around the time of last summer, but it happened in in the previous summer, which is now what twenty. 18. On the left-hand side, you'll see that there is a meeting that took place between Parnas and Donald Trump. And this is the first time that there was some pressure to get rid of the ambassador. And then you got um, these guys meeting with Donald Trump in a private dinner, which, you know, why are they meeting with Donald Trump in a, in a private dinner in April 2018 to ask for the ambassador to get fired. And then soon afterwards, around May, there's Pete Sessions, the former congressman from Texas, and very, very powerful guy from the Rules Committee of the GOP, uh, meeting with Parnas and Furman again. And this time, immediately after their meeting, he sends a letter to Mike Pompeo saying as well that he's really concerned about all the stuff that he's hearing about Ambassador Maria. Let's just call it that. And so that letter is interesting reading. But what we're basically seeing is a, is a track record of a year-long attempt by the Ukrainian government to get the American government to get rid of the American ambassador in, in Ukraine, who's really a, an anti-corruption activist and, a, and a someone very, very about clean government and about clean democracy. And he's being a pain in their butt, really, for all this, for all the activities that they're doing, which are corrupt. So they will get rid of her. We'll do a little pressure campaign on the uh, Americans to get rid of the ambassador, which they do. Now, but the, this campaign comes along with a lot of money. You know, it didn't just show up. These uh, Pete Sessions didn't show up for that nice Instagram photo just because he showed up because he was the beneficiary of, you know, as much as $3 million in different funds sent through different accounts, through different packs and different organizations to him by Furman and his colleagues. In fact, I don't know if Donald Trump even had that dinner for free. I think that dinner might have come at some sort of cost. But the one thing we do know definitely came at a cost is Rudy Giuliani, because Rudy Giuliani got at least half a million dollars by, by Furman and Parnas, paid through that fraud guarantee company or a similar kind of company. So in total, over this one period of one year, there were a million dollars in payments 
they were done through legitimate looking uh, things like legal fees or consulting fee or what have you. But it was actually money being funneled from the Ukrainian government of Petrosheko at the time, Poroshenko at the time, trying to get the American government to get this American ambassador off their neck because she's too much of a problem for them trying to get clean government into their world. So this is the money I think that they're talking about. This is the money I think that they're talking about when they talk about the financial side of the impeachment trial, that there is a lot of money flowing from these Ukrainians for some reason into the GOP. Uh, Why is it showing up then? It's not just because they like the GOP. There was also, wasn't Giuliani involved? He was like the yeah. um, cybersecurity advisor to some cities in Ukraine oh, yeah. around yes. that time. Kiev, yeah. Like Port- Portless Gro- Glam wrote a lot about that. Yeah, she was and, terrific. And I worked with her on some of that. Yeah, she's yeah. great. And yeah. uh, Kharkiv is a, a regular place for Rudy Giuliani to hang out. He, in fact, addressed them and was going to build them a cybersecurity center, just like the one they have in New York. Not uh, that I know why they would need that. Um, but there's a lot of connectivity there between uh, him and the mayor of Kharkiv and also the Poroshenko government. Because any, many photographs of uh, Rudy Giuliani just appearing there for some reason. The thing about the cybersecurity thing, he was working for the president. He was working on an official capacity as the cybersecurity czar of the American government. Yes. Which is like. Imagine. That's what he got as his little token prize when he, and they were pissed. Donald and Rudy were really, they were locking horns. They've done this. I've said, you guys have heard me say this for years. It's like these two men do not like each other. They are they're soulmates so they tolerate each other they're in deep together they're part of a syndicate together also i I think there are moments of real loathing going back and forth and that was because remember he wanted to be attorney general and he didn't get to be attorney general and so then he shows up and he's at that one of donald's first boardroom meetings he was trying to reframe the apprentice it was the apprentice the presidency version remember when he'd sit at the table and he'd have all the people around him and and so yeah it was before even the dear leader stuff started with his cabinet this was just like these are my advisors and these are the projects we're working on and my it was literally a a mark burnett uh, set and and giuliani's there and and donald's like okay moody tell everybody what you're doing now you know you could tell Giuliani just leveraged him. He was like, no, you're going to let me have something. And what oh, he can you imagine the resentment? Have, can you imagine the resentment oh, that Rudy has towards oh. Donald because he became president and not the other way around? <laughs> oh, there must be just a lot well, of bitterness over there. Come something. on, the guy's a politician. No, I mean, something. Yeah. They're both yeah. such loathsome people that I make sense that they would hate each other because <laughs> how could anyone like either one of them, really? <laughs> Good point. Um, That's exactly correct. It's like multiplying zero. That's where he got his cybersecurity thing is. I think I even did a tweet back then. I know I did because I retweeted. Someone circled it around in my mentions again. And I was, oh, this is a good time to remind everybody that the mob is completely taken over. <laughs> <laughs> the Because it's like, oh, my God, the cybersecurities are. Are you kidding me? Do you think yeah, he locked up so. his phone in any secure way? I don't think so. I think his phone no. it seems like it's like he calls everybody all the time. I'm sure every little I bit of detail is still there. I left a message for the FBI his... yesterday on his phone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's interesting as well. It's worth pointing out that Pompeo might be find himself in a little bit of trouble as well in relation to all of this. He's, of course, trying to run for the presidency because you now here he is taking action after this letter from Pete Sessions to try and get rid of the ambassador. In fact, does fire the ambassador after yeah, all. Yeah. So Pete Sessions is no longer in, in Congress. So he doesn't get to spend. He doesn't get to worry about too much of this. But there is an indictment, and you're all welcome to go read it, explaining how all this Ukrainian money suddenly found its well, find its way to Pete Sessions, particularly through 
the NRCC. The NRCC is particularly interesting, and I'll, and I'll wrap up soon, is because it also implicates two other people. One people, it one person it, increase, it implicates is McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, because you know he's part of this organization that got all this money, but also because he was aware of all this activity going on with uh. sessions and didn't do anything. In fact, it also implicates Devin Nunes, and, and there's a whole bit of a sidebar which we don't have to do tonight. But uh, these two guys, McCarthy and, and Nunes, have a lot to worry about right now as well because their positions look increasingly tenuous as all these different players come into view here. It looks to me like we could see some of the leadership of the Republican Congressional uh, Caucus finding itself in some trouble over all of this. Maybe, who knows? I'm bad at predicting these things. Yeah, I did predict several years ago that Devin Nunes, when all is said and done, would serve more time in prison than anybody else involved yeah. in the Trump yeah. organization. As he should. And that guy is so corrupt. Could not be any more corrupt. I mean, he shows up my prediction. He's, he's just yeah. the worst of the worst. It's the worst of the worst. Do you remember the first time he and Schiff came in front of the cameras at, at some sort of update of the intelligence committee, some kind of thing that they had seen? I think it was around the election or someone that they had interviewed and they stepped out. It was right around the time that like Grassley and Feinberg on the Senate side had stepped out and oh, holding nice. each other and they had they looked like ghosts. What did we yeah, just yeah. see? They saw something and Nunez and Schiff stepped out and Nunez started talking and saying things to the press and denying things. And Adam Schiff, you could see it in his face. You could see the wheels going, oh, shit, this yeah. guy's lying. And he was, and he's, I wouldn't say that necessarily. And came in and interrupted him and corrected him because he was lying. And Nunez shot him a side eye. And that was the beginning of the Republican, the GOP takedown of Adam Schiff. Because Adam Schiff was like, no, you're not going to do this. You're not going to run this disinformation to the American people about what actually is going on with this presidency. Yeah, I remember that because it wasn't so, Nunez was not always that, that way. N Nunez and Schiff wrote almost the same thing in, in, in condemning Snowden, for example, during that whole thing. If you go back and yeah. read the older things, they both said, "No, this guy's bad." Blah blah. Whatever they said. So Nunez and then turned. He had that he turned. Alpha and he had the Alpha Omega Winery invested in that, and then there was a boat up in Central California, a little yacht trip with a bunch of underage girls, and that got popped for the winery guys. And he hasn't been the same since. Mm. Let's talk. Let's call it what it is. Unbelievable. These guys are somehow reelected time after time. And I don't know what to Nunez is. Uh, oh, it's that place is so red. It's, it's never just, going to. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, just crazy. Well, hopefully one day he'll get out of power or he'll find himself in jail because that's where he belongs. So, but, but when you look at this totality of this whole thing, it's kind of interesting, right? Because you've got all these mob figures and then you've got Ukraine and Ukraine is very tied to I mean, the, the Ukrainian mobsters. You should tell us, LB, because this is really your... Everyone should know that LB is the reason we all know that the mob is actually Donald Trump. At least that's the way I know. And I think many other people know that Donald Trump was related to the Russian mob is because LB was doggedly saying it day after day on Twitter, because that's how we all found and out. About this. And thank you for doing that, uh, LB, because yeah, I was like. If I just say this one word over and over again, maybe it will penetrate it, it penetrate just a little three letter word mob. My mom, my mom, my mom. I, mean, I used to do the Muppet, every put the day. Muppet gifts in there every day. It's the mob, everybody. It's the mob. And I used um, to tell people, hey, you know, Trump is a mobster. And they'd be like, what? And I said, no, Trump's a mobster, based on what you were saying. And slowly yeah. over time, everyone changed their opinions. And finally, the thing that sounded <laughs> impossible, oh, he actually is a mobster. The president is a mobster. Let's get rid of him. Yeah, good work. Well done. Yeah, Not bad. Yeah. Pat yourself You're in the back. welcome. <laughs> 
Tonight's 100-day special event is brought to you by Helix Sleep. I've heard it from so many people. The one thing that's changed since January is their sleep. Not waking up worrying about what the president might have done or said or tweeted makes the world of a difference. I don't think I had a good solid night's sleep in four years. And it wasn't only the president. My 10-year-old mattress, which started life as a 12-inch foam mattress, had shrunk to an 8-inch mattress. And getting out of bed was often more of a slide than a bounce. It was time for a new mattress. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? Changing the course of a country can take a village. Changing the course of your sleep takes a quiz. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash narrative. That's the way we spell narrative, N-A-R-A-T-I-V. That's helixsleep.com slash narrative for up to $200 off and two free pillows just for you. <laughs> but, it's a but weird the, but the thing time, to be known for. Well, it's a good thing. Yeah. But what the time <laughs> with the Ukrainian mob is really interesting because they're not really Ukrainian. They are Ukrainian, but they have a front for Russia, right? They're like a That's right. shield for Russia. So, right. And just to remind you, the first time I ever even shared my voice and people knew I was a woman because they had all assumed I, I did run it very covertly for, for a long time. I only chose like male gifts and male. Anytime I chose anything that would have a gender, I always intentionally chose male, even though it was subliminal for you guys. And I was writing such muscular stuff that nobody was thinking this was coming from a woman, which made me feel nice and safe and comfortable. And especially my husband, it was like, ah, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, oh no. But okay, so that being said, the first time I shared my voice so people could tell who was with you, Zev, on this program, yeah about Marie Yovanovitch and about the threat that had, because it just, that just, I couldn't, I, I, it was such a threat to me that I, I, I had to speak. I could not stay quiet. I was very nervous, but thank you for how you gently nurtured me into now ruining my life here. showing up live on this program every week. Okay, but, okay, so the Ukrainian thing, here's a way to think about it, and I, br I brought all that history up between you and I about because I said it on that program too, and I think it's the best way for people to visualize and understand this. So in the era of the Soviet Union, in the Cold War days before the Soviet Union broke apart and we ended up with Russia and all these, you know, all the countries being, uh, some of them being independent, you have to understand that these, the gangsters we're dealing with now, the syndicate that got set in that time, in the time of the Soviet Union, those are the borders to draw. If you're looking at a map, you need to think about that. And so the underworld of organized crime and intelligence services is underneath that mm -hmm. it never broke apart it didn't this is a whole other economy it's a whole other world everyone's connected in very different ways and they even draw their own lines and borders that still don't match the national borders That's under which they're operating but that is where the roadblocks are that they're going to find when it comes to different laws and different nations and what they might be up against with law enforcement in terms of being caught, which is why they all use that offshore laundromat. And a lot of those people we were talking about in the beginning, you guys, with the poker games and the Trump Tower, they're all in that offshore laundromat, okay? Mm -hmm. They're all in there. So this, those art dealers and all that shit. So that's 
that's what you want. I, and we see the map on the surface and what it looks like today, but you need to understand there's a totally different map underneath and it's all still connected the way that it was back in the era of the Soviet Union. Mm. It's, they're still doing things. And Ukraine in that time, and still to this day, was the center mm. of a, a tremendous national resources for the Soviet Union, a lot of operations, a lot, it was a really a sort of the heart of that empire and its people. It, it really was. It had suffered horribly under Stalin. It's the history of UK, Ukraine in and of itself is very rich history, but the land itself is also very rich land. And so folks like you hear about Mogilevich and we've talked about him and Unger's written about him, Craig Unger at length, he's Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. But he's head of the Sultan. He was a head of the Sultan Sky Bratva, which was based in Moscow. But he's a Ukrainian a man in terms of his where he was born and where he's raised. So in Ukraine now, that's not to say that all of the Ukraine is Russian organized crime uh, because of that era. Because we're still very close to that. Americans think in short little terms, short yeah. little years or decades or presidencies. I look at something and I'm like, oh, 100 years ago was my grandfather's time. So you have to think that way. Okay, so 50 years ago or 30 years ago, not that far, not that long ago, everybody. Not that long ago, not long ago. Those guys are still around. They set all this stuff up. They had a lot of traffic going on. And as the Soviet Union fell, they were part of working with what the Kremlin was also becoming, because the KGB got broken apart, it became these other divisions. They were still working with the intelligence services, right, out of Moscow and St. Petersburg. They were still working with that elite part of Russian intelligence as an organized crime branch or arm for it. So that's why also these men connect right back into the intelligence service as well. They just do, it's a very different, Thing over there, organized crime. It is, and, and if you talk to people in the intelligence world, they say, oh, it's a branch of Russian intelligence. This is like a division, mm-hmm. the mobsters. If you talk to people in the organized crime, they say organized crime, you, oh no, they run the whole fucking thing and yeah. the intelligence services are a branch of the mob. So it depends on how you look at it. But that being, that's not all of what, the, of what Ukraine is today, but that syndicate is still in place and has a tremendous amount of power. And that's the syndicate that has its hooks into our former president and hooks into Rudy Giuliani. In and fact, has this really interesting it. map. That's it. So this is interesting because this is Yanukovych was the former leader of the Ukraine, but it was installed by the Putin and Paul Manafort Putin. was his number one advisor. And they stole about a $1.5 billion, which is a lot from Ukraine on the way right. out when they were kicked out of power. But yeah. you see how all of how close everyone is here. It's not That's these are right. not far away from Viktor Yanukovych and Vladimir Putin. So Donald Trump just right. you know Paul Manafort's connecting them. Rudy Giuliani connects to Pavel Fuchs. Pavel Fuchs well, is another I one of these oligarchs say, from Ukraine. Yep. Yeah. You ahead. could even for Yanukovych, you definitely can go through Paul Manafort to Donald Trump. Mm. But for organized crime, what we call Russian organized crime, which really is Eastern Europe, Eastern European organized crime when it comes to the old Soviet network, you could put Donald Trump right next to Yanukovych as a puppet for Putin. Right. And the reason you can do that is it's, it is that crime syndicate, the same crime syndicate that helped install Vladimir Putin, the say that's still behind him, they kind of fighting a little bit, the same crime syndicate that was would have been behind Yanukovych. That's the crime syndicate 
that went to New York, landed in Fred Trump's territory, and started rolling up the Genovese crime family. So Donald historically is much closer to these criminals than Paul Manafort. Right, he just think, is. This is an old map, actually. It's interesting because now we know a lot more about how close Donald Trump is to Vladimir Putin. But when I made this, mm -hmm. yeah, we didn't know that much. We actually just knew that Paul Manafort was the was somehow connected and seemed really interesting. So that's, yeah. thank you, good, good analysis. That's we have to talk good. about that's Tucker. Fine. So let's talk about Tucker. Oh. Let's talk about Tucker. Oh, yeah. I wanted to talk about Tucker. I just, I... I hate him and I don't want to give him too much attention because he's such a just want to say you hate him. A, no, he's just such a idiot. And I don't really understand why any thinking person would watch him and get anything out of it because it's just preposterous, but he's gotten into this phase now where he's saying things that are actively dangerous to national security, frankly. Yeah. And it, it just got me to thinking this week he went on TV and lied about Constantine uh, Kalimnik. And I didn't see that. What did he say about well, Constantine? Is. Um, this is that guy, Asen, who retweets this stuff on Twitter. So mm -hmm. sometimes I'll watch the clips just to find out. First of all, he pronounced his name wrong. He pronounced it Constantine Kilmenik as if he had no idea who this guy was. Because <laughs> oh, no, wow. yeah, we know you know who he is, Tucker. Pronouncing the name wrong isn't going to save you. And he said that Mueller was, oh, I wrote it down, oh, portraying him as an agent of Russia, that that was a lie. That's what he said. It was a lie. And that this Ukrainian businessman is really blah, blah, blah. And that <laughs> lie formed the basis for the whole Russia hoax. This is Tucker's saying this week. Wow. Okay. Wow. This comes on the heels of him saying last week that people who observe children wearing masks should call child protective services and go after the parents and go after the kids now free speech yes but there's a line somewhere to be drawn we can't he can't go on tv and if he finds out what the nuclear codes are he can't read them he can't talk about troop movements and stuff like that on tv that's illegal he Going and saying the stuff about the masks and the vaccinations at this stage is analogous to going on TV with the same sort of platform in the early 80s and saying that AIDS was not real and that it's totally okay to have unprotected anal sex with as many people as possible because it's fun. And it's we want our freedoms, man. Nothing's going to affect our freedoms. Like at a certain point, he's actively endangering people. And I wonder, especially with the Constantine Klimnik, with these he's fucking this. It's just a lie. The yeah. guy's a fucking Russian yeah. intelligence officer. The bipart Marco Rubio signed off on a document that said he was. Yeah, fucking absolutely. Tom Cotton signed that thing. Yeah. He's a goddamn Russian intelligence officer. Of course so he is. So Tucker going on there and lying about that, that to me, there's a point at which the people in the Department of Defense and State need to fucking step in and say something. They either need to call Murdoch directly or call Tucker or just go on live TV and say, this guy is disseminating disinformation that comes from Russia, don't watch it, shut it down. At what point, and this is, I don't know what the answer is, but there is a point at which what he's saying is too dangerous to be on the air because it's a lie and it's spreading disinformation to the point where it's going to get people killed. They keep saying and that you know, he's an entertainer. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. it's escalating. Whatever. If you, you, but that's that's not how it's presented. Yeah, it's not it's presented not. Yeah. as him being an entertainer. So, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know how this would work. 
And it's obviously a slippery slope, but you can't go out there and lie like that. You just can't fucking do it. Too many people have died. Too many people have died. What is the goddamn number of people that have to be dead before somebody steps in and shuts this fucking guy up? He needs to be taken off the air. Absolutely. Fox News in general, absolutely. him especially, he needs to be taken the fuck off the air. And that Rupert Murdoch needs to be shut down. Maybe he needs to be fined. I don't know. There has to be some way within the, the laws of the land, within the Department of Defense, that they can shut down fucking lies and shit. Lincoln did it during the Civil War. He shut yes. shit down. That, yes, he did. He shut down media operations that were not, that were printing shit that was not true or bad for morale. Mm, he shut it down. He put editors in jail. That were, that's really interesting. Yes, Under what did. legislation? No, what, Lincoln, is not a, uh, Lincoln is not a god yeah. who did everything. I'm just saying he did. Okay? That's so, important. I think they should be shutting these. This is the equivalent of him doing the, the sort of shouting fire. And I hate even saying it. It's so cliche. Shouting fire in the crowded theater when yeah. there's no fire. But he's doing it on primetime every night to millions of people who think that he's correct. Mm. And it's it's insanity. Well, and it and he stop. has more than one media platform, right? So there is yeah. also the Daily Caller, which he owns. Shut so that a, shit down. Is, and maybe he's a Russian intelligence officer. I he, don't know. He might can not know that he it? is, he, but he is. He's he acting like we one. can. You know what? He is may there as a well difference? be. Yeah. What's the fucking be? difference? Yeah. We, you go on TV. And how is he? How is he any different than what's on RT right now? Yeah. Not They're often exactly the same talking points. Uh, often could even be worse. Could even be yeah. worse. Um, there is a thing about yeah, the he's department. A, uh, he's an odd. He's an odd person in many ways. When you start pulling at his history, who he's been connected to, where what's going on with him, whether he's actually even making money. What, this is an odd. This is an odd duck, guys. He's not. I mean, even Lou Dobbs. Like people don't know Lou Dobbs. How long Lou Dobbs and Donald Trump knew each other? Those guys knew sure. each other for fucking ever, right? Back, they were running buddies. Uh, folks don't know that, right? They just think Lou Dobbs all of a sudden became a Trump fan when Trump was president. But but Lou, you could and you could see that Lou was okay in that horseshit of Kremlin propaganda and pushing it early on. Now that we could go back and dissect it, there's something about Tucker that's even odder than that. This is an odd guy. He doesn't yeah. need to be doing this. He's very wealthy. He doesn't. This is not, it doesn't quite make sense what he's chosen to do with his life. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's certainly not journalism. And it's certainly, you know, the Department of Defense plays mainly Fox News at military installations around the world, American military installations. So, the, you know, these guys are serving America and getting fed a diet of Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity at night. I mean, this, this is not a good thing. For one thing that can be done today is they can shut that yeah. down. They can no longer provide Fox News to military installations around the world. It's just not necessary. It's it's not true from, from what we can tell. Yeah. And propaganda. Why, why would we be feeding? that to our American services um, officers. It just doesn't make any sense. Somebody was saying in, in the comments the FCC can get involved and maybe that's the answer. Maybe they need to find them like, like a fucking, like a, like $500 billion, like some fuck ton amount of right. money that be like you Every take lie. him off or you Every pay this. Lie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. all those voting machine law lawsuits are going to be playing a similar kind of role. I mean, they're facing billions and billions of dollars if they lose the cases against Dominion. So it's, it acts like that. But I agree with you. The FCC should be taking that shit's going to go on forever. Though. Yeah. That, yeah. that yeah. will be Devin Nunes will be let out of prison 50 years from now. <laughs> and that will still be going on. The, the government needs to act. This is a, this is a 
It's a na- it's a national security emergency. I frankly, I agree with you. I think it's, you know, it's yeah. it's a foreign intelligence operation. Basically, that's the that's what we're yeah. getting fed on Fox News. It, we don't need to get fed yep. that. Why are we getting fed that? It makes no sense. Everyone's home needs to get this. No, absolutely not. If people really want it, they should yep. be able to get to it. But it shouldn't be available on cable for everybody. It's just ridiculous. Well, you can down. find the cable carrier. So listen, the the MSOs, which is what we used to call them way back in the day, which are the cable operators. Those are all go local then. Just like a larger district. So, if you're someone who's, if you're a pay channel or any of that, you have to strike all these different agreements with all these, all those folks. Mm-hmm. Where it comes to the national companies, distributors, right? The satellites, right? Where you just, you do, you know, you do one contract with them if you're a company that's a content provider, and they, especially premium content or pay for content, it's all changed a little bit since I was in this world decades ago. But that then, the, the one deal, one agreement, and you make it across the broad spectrum no matter where you are. So I don't know why we can't put something government-wise, regulation-wise, in there with those operators. And that that seems to me, certainly as customers, uh, we can each call, you can call your cable company or you can call your satellite company and say, take this shit off, I don't care. And once they start, once you start stripping them out of those contracts, then shit's gonna change. It's not going to change with the advertisers. We've only seen that change so much. The, Rupert, the Murdochs are really willing to continue to fund this thing. They will. Lachlan Murdoch, this is his little baby, Tucker Carlson. And so he's going to nurture that baby all the way to grandpa land, right? right. That is his child that's going to live in the house with him for the rest of his life. He loves this. This is mm. Lachlan. Okay. Yeah, this is their it's thing. It's not Rupert. It's Lachlan. This is their thing. It could be Rupert too, but this is his thing. So... Advertisers mean nothing to them. I know they mean, they mean, you just can't say that because, okay, maybe they mean a little bit. It is money, but they can keep going without that. God only knows where some of the money's coming in from their funds that they all have named by the names of their yachts. It's crazy. They're, the laund- the Murdoch laundromat, offshore laundromat, is something to behold. If you guys haven't behold- laid eyes on that, it's incredible. Well, it's not only so, America. I mean, it's happening everywhere in the world. It's happening in it's Australia, happening everywhere. It happens in, the, in the UK. It's it's happen- just, but other places this, are. What is this organization? Other places are taking them uh, off mm. their airwaves. So I'm just saying, customers, we can have it be stripped. But if we want to come in there with any kind of legislation or for- enforcing laws that exist in, in ways that are a little bit more consequential, those are the contracts you need to get, not the advertisement, the contracts with right. the cable operators and the contracts with the satellite companies. Oh, there's a lot of pressure that can be applied to the heads of Verizon or Comcast or, you know, even if it's just a call from the president or someone in the White House saying, no, we're not so pleased about all of this. Uh, that, you know, they can chop these guys off, off the air in a second. Remember that Bill That's Barr was saying. also on Verizon? It was a Verizon legal counsel for the longest time. Isn't it, wasn't it Bill yeah, Barr? Think, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> well, that's the show for tonight. Let's get rid of Fox News. We'll take over their space on the cable channel if they if they need something. So we're available. Thanks, guys. What an interesting show. I think we covered a lot of territory. Boy, boy we learned a lot. Uh, you got plans for the weekend? Anything exciting? Are you guys allowed out yet? Are you in the world? Are you participating in regular life? Tuesday. It's exciting. Tuesday, I'm fully, my, you know, you wait two weeks after your last vaccination for the two-shot people. And then Thursday, I have been letting it all go. Thursday, it, things are happening. Hair, nails. Oh wow! Massage. Oh, oh can't wait to see all that next Friday. It's a whole new. <laughs> it's a whole good reason to tune in. I don't know if I can make it to the dermatologist, but the rest of it is going down. Fantastic. It's happening. You've earned it. Yes, that's. 
Thank you. <laughs> Are you going to go to McDonald's after this, uh, Greg? Just get another burger and see how. No, no, I can't. I can't. No, no more burgers. I did when I after I got my second shot. I did go to the diner. I did oh, yeah. because the diners are open, and I sat uh, inside yeah. and I ate. I, I did what I said I wanted to do, which was sit and drink coffee and make my lists. There were the, there was like two other people in there, so it was okay. Awesome. I felt like I think I'm okay. I have something to look forward to. We still in Canada are not able to get vaccines to people, so I have no idea why, but there you go. Um, It's it's okay. We'll get this soon enough. Have a good night, guys, and have a great weekend. Thanks for watching the after show on Narrative. Have a good night. Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Tonight's special event is brought to you by Policy Genius. Now that the world seems to have settled down a little bit, hopefully you're finding some time to focus on your own personal affairs. My mother is full of great advice, even great financial advice, and she's always going on about the importance of life insurance. Frankly, who has the time to go calling up individual insurance companies to compare different policies and quotes? It's just so much work deciding on what the right policy is for me or for you. That's why I turned to Policy Genius. Why Policy Genius? Because Policy Genius makes it easy to compare quotes from over a dozen top insurers all in one place. Why compare? Well, you can save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. The licensed experts at Policy Genius work for you, not the insurance company, so you can trust them to help you navigate every step of the shopping and buying process. Head to policygenius.com to get started right now. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. Tonight's special event is brought to you by Policy Genius.